Welcome to the Fleet Geeks podcast. We're here to help develop fleet and transport professionals. Do you want to progress and develop your skills and knowledge? We promise to bring lively conversation and debate around interesting issues and keep you bang up to date with changes in our awesome industry. The Fleet Geeks are a community of professionals and if you enjoy the podcast, why not join the discussion for free in the Fleet Geek community over on Facebook. Fleet Geeks, half dozen things, mashup of a podcast. Uh, we're looking at the really big subject of driver retention and the six or half dozen things which are absolutely vital in retaining the best quality drivers for your business. Now, I think this is something which is a hidden cost. It's a hidden or a hidden level of profitability for the operators that are getting it right because certainly the operators that are kit keeping, retaining and employing the best drivers and keeping them in the business are going to be more profitable uh, than those that don't manage to keep hold of drivers. So I think this is absolutely vital, gents, don't you? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a really big thing. So our half dozen things are, uh, the first one's about respect, the second we're going to talk about remuneration, we're then going to talk about controversially covering of driver costs, uh, we're then going to look about uh, kit and equipment and level of investment uh, we're going to look at management capability and we're also going to look at culture as well and that's not that stinky stuff that people put in a petri dish when they're scientists <laughs> uh, <laughs> so uh, let's kick it off with respect uh, this is something you see regularly on the facebook groups and you hear from drivers on driver cpc about getting a lack of respect i'm going to bring you first in on this jamie as a as a ex uh, ex steering wheel attendant yourself yeah talk to me about respect for drivers it's massive isn't it people people want that respect people drivers work hard don't they 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 want to be they want a bit of respect for what they've done it's uh it's not an easy job you know not you say steering wheel attendant there's a lot that goes with that isn't there i was gonna say that that was me joking yeah, yeah. that was me joking <laughs> just for the, for the avoidance of that <laughs> yeah. before yeah. before there's like burning <laughs> effigies of yeah. me the irony of respect when you come out with that <laughs> yeah. uh yeah, you know, drivers work out, they want that respect. And, uh, and granted, it should be a two-way thing as well. I think drivers should respect, respect the management if uh, That's a good point. they're yeah. doing their thing. But yeah. but as we talk about driver retention, I think, yeah, getting the respect from your peers above you um, goes a long way. People people feel like they're doing a good job and they want to do a job good job again, don't they, if they get that respect and they, and they want to stay there. Uh, if you're working for someone, you know, you're doing 12, 15-hour shifts and, you know, you feel like you're just a number, well, then you can go anywhere and do that, can't you? You're going to go... Yeah. Uh, go elsewhere. What about you, Mike? What do you think? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, you know, I've got a little bit of an anecdotal story with this one. Um, I was, uh, was uh, you know, doing a job a little while ago and uh, met a driver who's uh, who'd been there an awful long time. And he said, uh, you know, he, he said that I said, what, you know, what, what what's what's changed in the job over the last few years? And uh, he said, well, it's it's, it's fat now, isn't it? And the job's fat. He was a he was a South <laughs> London boy. He was. Uh, but, oh, I uh, never got it. Yeah, <laughs> I know, uh, you know. Glad, that's, glad to clear that. Up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not quite sure whether that was a, t a technical management term um, that he's used uh, on management train. But I said, well, you know, give me an example. Why do you think it's fact? And he said, well, he said, my, you know, my, my relationship with my manager, he said, I walk in the door, it's a porter cabin, and he said, I'll go to collect my keys and meet me paperwork and what have you. He said, my, my entire... Um, interaction with my manager is that as the glass door slides open I get thrust a set of keys and a lot of paperwork and then the glass door gets closed again 
And that's not that's not really giving the driver very much respect, is it? Really, no, it's, no, like, it's, it's like I've heard worse stories now, where the drivers don't really know their transmission is. Yeah, so, there's no respect there, there, is there? No, no, and, and I think it's just a question of the you know just a bit of common humanity, but talking yeah. to somebody, asking them how they are, and you know how the wife and kids is, and you know oh she left me three weeks ago for the milkman or whatever. But you know you've got to be careful. But it's knowing those kind of things. It does isn't go it? a long way to a driver, doesn't it? If someone's Absolutely. interested in the driver, they're, they're going to feel part of that team and want yeah. to stay part. That team value, as well, don't so. they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. valued for what they do. It's a good, good way. Can't, to can't help saying this word without thinking a bit of Aretha Franklin. But what do you think about respect, then, Pete? Yeah, I was going to say there's a few things running through my head there. Hearing you two <laughs> chat, I'm sure there was a joke in there, something about managers. So managers should always know who the spouses and children, yeah, children's names of their. Yeah of their team members so I was just about to ask you how Sandra was and you how <laughs> Deborah was and, and whether, whether yeah. little uh, well it's, it's actually Katie's birthday li- tomorrow little so. Cassandra <laughs> the child is okay yeah. no. uh, anyway yeah sorry I'll make a bit of a joke because neither of the guys wives are those names no. um, my wife will be thinking now who's, who's, who's this yeah. <laughs> exactly exactly but um, yeah no I, oh, to be fair that, that old adage doesn't really work with me I can just about stretch to spouses but I tend to I haven't got four kids and that, trying yeah. to remember their birthdays. I, I don't remember enough. my own kids' names yeah, sometimes. Struggle, right? yeah. I struggle with kids' names. So, Jamie, I know I know your wife's called Karen and I know Mike's partner's called Katie. And they're both Ks, by the way, yeah. which is very oh. useful for me to remember. But yeah. I do struggle to remember kids' names. Um, but anyway, uh, I think... <laughs> I totally fucking digress. Um, <laughs> that respect, yeah. So respect is... Um, I think it's vitally, vitally important to show that level of uh, humility and uh, I think I think understanding a level of understanding and empathy with uh, drivers. We tend to go back to that big mm. E word all the yeah. time, don't we? Empathy. Um, mm. Drivers want to feel respected. To be able to make them feel respected, a driver has a, a transport manager or a leader needs to show empathy to be able to demonstrate that they uh, have a level of understanding of the of, of what goes on on a day to day basis and some of the challenges drivers face. It includes backing them up when shit hits the fan as well, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I think it's. It's absolutely vital. Um, I reckon we're going to move on to the second one because I'm conscious we're going to start to get sort of muddy, muddied up. We're going to look at management capability and culture a bit, a bit later. Yes, and if, yeah. I, uh, if I go too far, I'll start to muddy the water with that. So I'm going to move on to the brass tacks. Mm. Um, and I certainly know from when, uh, when, when this guy came to join us, he knows how to negotiate a good deal. <laughs> so <laughs> over to you, Mike. Talk to me. <laughs> over to you. Tell me about cash and remuneration. Cash and re- why, yeah. why, why that's... Uh, and when we talk about remuneration, because it isn't always just about cash, is it? It's also about the holiday... Yes. And and, yeah. and pension and those sorts of things. So. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah. The value is not just cash, is it? But the, you know, a driver, like everybody else, have got bills to pay. We've got you know uh, mortgages to pay and all the, all the rest of the things that come come with good things that come with life. And you know, when you go to Tesco's and you go to the uh, the cash cashier, they they want to take money off you. It's not they're not going to do it. You know, they're not going to be interested that you love your job and that you love your place you work for. You're going to have to find the find the the pound notes to pay for it. So at the end of the day, we've got you. Know, we, we have to be. Comp- I suppose as, as hauliers, as, as operators, we have to be competitive in the market, in the jobs, in, in the in the in the wages. Um, I suppose again that works both ways, though. You know, if you, we used to find drivers would go down the road for fifty p an hour more, and you think, well, really, you've you know you've been here twelve years, you're a part of the furniture, and you're just going to work for somebody else for twelve fifty p an hour, and you find that you know six months down the line they come back to you. Why do they come back to you? Because they haven't been treated in the same. You know, going back to the respect thing. 
So, but but it is important. We do have to find the value of, of, of the drivers. And I think what we've got to do as transport professionals, transport managers, operators, is got to we've got to test the market and, and, and know what the sort of local pay rates are um, and, and be competitive. Otherwise, people are going to feel undervalued in that respect. But, um, but what, you know, I suppose the other side of the coin is don't get carried away by the current situation and you know I see some hauliers have, have paid massive pay rises and yeah. that's great but is it sustainable mm. um, you know but you, you know you, you're, you're a businessman you, you know that it's not always sustainable to pay those kind of rates that's why well, me and Jamie work for the love you know oh, <laughs> that was right back at <laughs> that one wasn't it oh, I felt that Jamie what do you reckon well, it's interesting what Mike said about the drivers moving for 50p more oh I thought it was about something else for a minute <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was all interesting one. but yeah they, I see it quite a bit when we're out and about about drivers moving for like you say 50p more with the driver shortage hauliers were having to put up their rates try and you know try and mm. keep people and there was a lot of movement of yeah. drivers uh, back then but yeah churn I believe they call it it's a horrible word yeah, though, isn't it, it churn is, yeah. But, yeah. but yeah people people see it so, don't yeah. they you see a job advertising and why wouldn't a driver think well hang on a minute that's a pound an hour or more we'll give yeah. it a go they've got they've got bills to pay however that's not the be-all and end-all, is it? No. Driver retention. If you enjoy where you are and you've been respected, you know, yeah. some some companies have got that family feel. Family feel, well. yeah. I've worked with a family haulier and, and it's it's definitely, they weren't very well paid in terms of the drivers, but there was that yeah. core of drivers, you know, there was, a, there was a churn. We had a massive problem with churn, but the core of drivers, some of them have been their donkey's years, you yeah. know, literally, and some of them had even been father and son, you know, uh, literally generations had worked there. Uh, and, and that's because they were, you know, they were genuinely feeling a part of the community, a part of the. So you know, the money wasn't wasn't everything for them. But um, yeah, it's a tricky one to get. It's a tricky balance to make, isn't it? Everybody know every around here. Everybody could, you know, where we're based uh, down in Peterborough. Everybody could tell you here who the good payers are. Yeah. Oh, they're good payers. Oh, I'd like to get a job there, you know. But it, is that is that the, the be all and end all of it? I don't know. Yeah, I think um, I think when 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 we really look at what people. Um, uh, people are motivated by Pe- people are motivated by connection and empathy uh, so we're looking at like the recognition recognition side of stuff people do need to be paid the right money but they they want a level of you know it, it's sort of other things come first so I think cash and remuneration is really really important but I think you can kind of I think you can get people won't move for 50p or a pound an hour if they feel well respected mm, well definitely. looked after if you can tick all of the other boxes uh, which is just part of running a tight ship being a, being a good good business um, I think that uh, I think I think you can get away with uh, not get away with that's the wrong terminology but I think the, it's the arseholes that have they have to, I call it the arsehole tax Right, so the companies that have to pay the top money to get people to work for them, it is like an arsehole tax. Mm. Um, and I think that's the way people should should be looking at it. I think it's important to pay a level which is competitive, like you say. But certainly they're, they're, there's companies out there that are having to pay bonuses to retain people, to get people to stay. They've got churn, which, like you say, is not a great word for people. But essentially they're, you know, they're, they're paying the paying the price for being knobheads to work for, basically. Uh, it'd be interesting to hear from people, and I don't know what you two think, but I'm not convinced that the churn, <laughs> that's a lovely word, the churn is any less for those companies around here that we know that pay really top dollar. 
I, I still think the churn is the same. I, I, mm. You know, it'd be interesting to see. I don't know. I've no, yeah. nothing to back that up. It just, would be it would be very interesting thought. to see the data. And I don't mm. think I don't think many operators actually calculate the data. Yeah. And I think if you ask an operator, what's the cost of acquisition for a yeah. new driver? Yeah. I don't think many would be able to tell you. But actually, that's a really vital metric: is what's yeah. the cost of acquisition versus the cost of retention. Yeah. And therefore, if you've got a high cost of acquisition. Why not invest a little bit more in your retention? Yeah, I know from a marketing, you're a marketing guru, Pete, that, but from a marketing point of view, I read somewhere that uh, it costs seven times more to get a new customer than it does to retain a, an existing customer. And I suppose if you turn that on its head with, with drivers, it's the same thing, isn't it, really? It's a lot of hidden costs with that as well. A lot of hidden costs, you, yeah. Not only have you you've got the cost of training them up, mm. they're not going to be as efficient as a... Uh, a driver that's been with you 20 years yeah. that knows the job no. inside out. And so, you, sometimes you can't put a price, it's difficult to put a price on that. No, definitely you can't, can you? Because yeah. some people take three weeks perhaps to get up to speed, others yeah. might take months, yeah. so, depending on the job especially. Absolutely. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to come back to you because this is probably, probably the most, one of the most contentious ones of the, of the six, Mike, and it was certainly your suggestion. I think, it's, uh, I think it's a really, really valid one. And that's around, so not just, you know, we've been talking for the second area around cash and remuneration, but the third one, we talked about the covering of costs, and I've put particularly their driver CPC, for example. Talk, I've got quite passionate views about that as well. So I'm interested to hear a bit more about what do you th- what what does that mean for you? Yeah, I, I, I just think that when we look at our dro- you know the average age of the of a driver in this country is is is, is evidently fifty six white male. That's the you know that's the, that's the statistic. The, the, the what do they call it? The uh, that's the the typical um, demographic of of of, of, a, of a driver is fifty six white male. So we've got an aging workforce. We know that we've known that for years. We have made strides to get new people into the into the industry, and that's ongoing. And we know all about that now. So, but I I've got a belief that seventy five is the new six. 65 uh, and you know people will work longer and you know they're having to in lots of cases because not picking the pension up until a little bit later on but when you think of the costs of staying a driver you've got CPC costs you've got a medical particularly when you get to 65 you know and uh, it, that's every year and that's quite a cost it, it would would the drivers feel better valued if if the company, and I know a lot of companies do do this already, but if the company said, you know what, look, tell you what, we're going to cover the cost. We're going to pay you to do it. Uh, we're going to pay for your CPC. We're going to pay you to do the CPC. We're going to put some food on for you if we do it in our place. We're going to treat you with a bit of, you know, respect again. Um, so, you know, what are, your, what are your thoughts on that then, uh, guys? What do you think? Is that, would that be something that operators should probably be looking at doing now? And I think definitely, definitely, yeah. The, yeah. Uh with the CPC, the training, mm. like you say, putting a bit of food on, it goes yeah. a long way, doesn't it? It does. You've got to talk about respect. People feel respected, yeah. wanted. Um, so, yeah, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a massive cost, like you say, renewing a medical every year, yeah. uh, licence renewals, it's all cost, isn't it? Absolutely. You've got your, you've got your CPC, you've got your licence renewal, you've got your medical, you've got your digicard, all, you know, you know, it's like, say, 19 quid, but, you know, 19 quid, is 19 quid, so, you know, that, that might go a long way, I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think there's, there's lots, of, lots of things to think about here. I think, certainly from an operator's point of view, if you want to be a compliant operator, it's good to value your driver CPC program. Uh, I think it demonstrates that you value it. If you if you expect drivers to pay for their own driver CPC, that shows that you don't value it. Yeah. Mm, yeah so it's kind of yeah. you've yeah. kind of got the, the likewise yeah. challenge. Yeah. And then 
so I, I'm, I'm quite firm on this and it's, a, it's probably a little bit abrasive because the lar largely speaking most of the driver CPC that occurs or that we have is an operator will pay, in, pay for the cost of it but drivers turn up on their own time because it's for their licence and I, I actually think that um, we, as an industry I think, I think it kind of makes the industry look far less attractive than many other businesses because most other businesses workplace training will take place during work time. During the working and, hours, and, pe yeah. and people are paid, In, paid to be there. I've seen job adverts for drivers now with paid CPC. Wow. It's actually on the advert. So yeah. People do recognise that. Do part, re that's so. fantastic. Well, it's good that you... Yeah, it's good that they recognise that. I, that's a really I, interesting I, point. I, I, th I think if CPC is now here to stay, which it is, I, I, I do think we need to move away from that Saturday own time CPC because it, it creates ill feeling. It creates... Uh, bad environment. I understand that for many it's the necessity um, and that operators may deem that they're not profitable enough to allow drivers off the road and they have lost productivity from a driver for them to be able to do driver CPC. But if we know about it in advance and we're planned well enough in advance, I do. I, I think that's probably a big perk for a driver that yeah. they're going to get paid, not only their CPC paid, but also be paid to attend it. I think, and 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 literally actions speak louder than words when it comes to going back to the respect that shows that level of do you know what we respect your time we respect yeah. your, your effort and um, we're going to put you through the drive seat. i think that will show a level of uh, commitment to people as well and it also it's a benefit for the operator because the driver is going to be more focused and switched on mm. in that oh, environment yeah. rather than having to use yeah. his saturday up to yeah. go and do something although yeah. it is for his benefit as well but if it's getting it paid and uh, absolutely yeah it's just it's, it's it, more motivated to be yeah and, 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 and just another thought and this we never meant we never mean these to be plugs but if you you know as an operator if you approach a training provider and and ask that training provider to put together a bespoke course not you'll kill two birds in one stone yeah. it not what only will be able to put together something that is really relevant to the to the guys and girls that work for you uh, and looking at your issues but when they start seeing your logo on presentations and on on, on you know the, the materials that we hand out during a, uh, a CPC course, they're going to think, well, my my operator, my 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 the person I work for is, is invested in in this and they've paid money for this, and therefore it's got to be of value. Um, and you know, without giving too many trade secrets away, I've just seen presentations that are standard presentations. All we've done is put on a bit of logos and a couple of pictures and, and all of a sudden it becomes very personal and, that, and they can relate to that and I think that works really well doesn't it in the in the industry so yeah and no, I absolutely agree I think uh, I think there's something and just putting it out there some people will be a flat out no but I think it's really worth considering if you're if you're struggling for driver retention and you want to set up a new a, a new scheme that is something to absolutely consider covering the cost yeah. of medical covering the cost of CPC and paying drivers to attend they 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 attend during work time uh, I think that is um, a, a real consideration Definitely. as well as looking at, and, and I think things like that so you, you'd look at things like private medical care I think that's mm. you know if you start looking at those perks they're great um, and, and I, I think they'd go a long way too if you've got the pot of cash to be able to do this stuff you know the, the paid um, eye tests and stuff like that where you can claim the vouchers for dental and eye yep. care and things like that I think all of, all of those go, go to help some consideration but actually I think 
it's so far out there against what other people are doing. Something like paid for CPC during work time, I think, would just be a really, really big, you know, uh, benefit. To, yeah, I would give to, you that edge, competitive edge, because it's a yeah. competitive market. Yeah, yeah, so. absolutely, absolutely. Okay, right. brilliant. So um, the fourth area then, now that I've turned all of the business owning operators off, they're now no longer <laughs> listening, um, <laughs> because they totally disagree with my point of view. We're never booking CPC with flagship again. Listen to them chuntering on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I respect everyone for how they uh, go about doing their CPC. I'm just going to put that out there. I just think it's worth a consideration for sure before I shoot my business in the foot. Uh, <laughs> oh, and, and, and you know, as trainers, it's 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 I you know it doesn't it, you know for me I'll put the effort in and I Jamie is the same and, and Andy you know we will all put the effort in irrespective of who's paying for it. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, we'll always give a hundred percent, and you know it doesn't really matter. But I think um, all around, I think what we can what we can categorically say is if driver CPC is delivered on a weekday during work time in a training room the lot the chances of the retention of the quality of impact and uh, the input that uh, drivers will get from that course is far outweighed against yeah. them mm. coming on a Saturday tired in their own time their minds are on other stuff they want to be watching the football they want to be watching the rugby they want to get out of there as soon as they can um, and actually if uh, if it was done if it was trialed as what we thought but previously, I think a lot mm. more effort had go yeah, into it, definitely. for sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Hi, it's Pete from Flagship Partners. We're really proud to sponsor a Half Dozen Things podcast. At Flagship Partners, we take road safety really seriously, and we're your road safety partnership. We help transport companies with compliance and training across their businesses, including first aid, driver CPC, and other transport management services. So if your four's accredited or you want to improve your operator compliance risk score, give Flagship Partners a call today. Let's uh, move on to the fourth area, which is equipment. So, Jamie, I'm going to come to you first, mate. What, what's the impact of having nice quality equipment to use? Well, I would say this doesn't affect everyone. Not everyone's driven by how nice a truck they drive, but it does go a long way for different drivers. Some of the operators we work for, they have beautiful trucks, don't they? And, you know, their drivers are so passionate about those trucks. So that, that's their core focus. They want to work for that haulier because they have the best trucks. You know, if people want a Scania V8, they some drivers, they love it, absolutely love it. Even the make of trucks, some people, yeah. I've been in a transport office. There's some office. snobbery, isn't there? There is. <laughs> yeah, I've been in definitely. a transport office, why do I have to drive the MAN or the yeah, Volvo or yeah, the, yeah. I want this truck, you know. Yeah. And, and people stay for that thing. There's certain drivers that, that want the best equipment. You know, it might even be a microwave in the truck, you know, if you're trucking yeah. away a week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The little things like that, that that go a long way. Uh, and new trucks, just you know, some people don't want to go to work in a ten-year-old truck. Yeah, you, know, you spend a lot of time in that vehicle, don't you? You do, you do. And it, I, mean, I think we're still we're still in in in, in an industry. That's difficult to say. In an industry, which yeah, which uh, which is uh, whether whether people who are involved in that industry are actually interested in it you know yeah. they are interested you've only got to look i'm not saying it's, this is not for everybody but you've only got to look at events like truck fest and you know that kind of thing and see the level of engagement you know in if you work for a carpet factory i'm sure that if there was a annual carpet factory fair you know that you wouldn't find the same level of engagement so no disrespect to carpet 
workers, but you know, it's it, it is a, an industry where people. <laughs> I don't think there's many of them. No, we're going to get that. We're going to get a strongly worded letter. I was trying to think something a safe industry there. Mike, I don't like the way you spoke about carpet munching. There is nothing wrong. Yeah, yeah, nothing wrong with that. So yeah, it's but you know, so there is a there is a thing. A vehicle's quite emotive. Absolutely, isn't it? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love a nice carpet. But a vehicle is emotive. It's a very emotive yeah, <laughs> subject, yeah. But if, funny you should say that about, you know, I, there's a well-known local haulier that I, I did work for for a while uh, around here, and uh, they're, they're probably slightly different now. They've, they've become a massive thing. But um, in, they were well-known for their kit. And, but they're also well-known for their quite low pay. But their kit was lovely. It, it's, you know, still is. Some of it is very nice. But they had half a fleet Scania, half a fleet Volvo. But there was even snobbery between the two. Be, yeah. yeah, it was like, you know, they the Scania drivers would never be seen talking to the Volvo drivers, and it was like, you know, what? <laughs> yeah. What other industry is that happening? You know, <laughs> I love some brand snobbery. There yeah. is people. People say, I can't drive that truck; it hurts my back. Yeah, these, these companies spend thousands and thousands on developing these seats. Yeah, yeah, and they have so a seat can move in so many places in a truck, can't it? Yeah. Yeah, um, I wonder how many operators actually. I know this is not. I you know I, I I learnt this the hard way, but I know lots of operators will probably not consider this as an option. But how many of them consult with the drivers when they come to change the yeah. vehicles? Yeah, and how you know? All right, but it could be a difficult one to get out of if they suddenly come up with a list of wants. But you know, how many of them actually just ask the drivers? You know, how do you get on with that? How do you get? On? Uh, and again, you know, to quote another guy, you know, another family firm I worked for, they were very interested in that, and uh, that that was, you know, hugely important for the drivers. You know, it works another way as well. And mm. it's going a bit off topic, but if a driver likes his vehicle, he's going to look after it. He's going to look after it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Absolutely. So it's a benefit to the. Yeah. I know we're talking absolutely. about retention, but it's yeah. also a benefit to the operator. Yeah. So there's um, that, that's a, that's a whole whole other thing around. Um, what the you know the the, the benefit of uh, investing in the all the gear and stuff and people, yeah, masses, people masses. looking after their vehicles and uh, the, that, have it, having that. But that's that's another thing with equipment and retention. If people are allowed to to add these like little bits of spec, a light bar, etc., you know. You know, it keeps the driver, and someone's going to look after your vehicle. It's a big debate, that isn't it? It's, it's a massive, big isn't it? If I was the one paying for it, I'd probably <laughs> probably be on the other side of the fence. But yeah, yeah. some some companies we, I work with are very relaxed around letting the drivers make it their own because when they make it their own, they look after them. And then there's also that thing of like standard standardization, yeah, no yeah, arguments, that kind of thing. Right? It's, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's I mean, a big ba- it's a balance. It, I think it based on, on size of fleet. I think is how feasible that, yeah, that yeah, opportunity yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, just a very quick story on that, and and, and, and Pete, Pete doesn't know this, but um, I, uh, I I was I was uh, should I be scared? <laughs> no, <laughs> I was talking to my uh, <laughs> court cases. It will go away. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was I was talking to my previous employer. I was talking to somebody from my previous employer. Uh, we were doing some work for them, and, uh, and so look I at him talking about the ex on my yeah, podcast. The ex, yeah. <laughs> look at that. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> you can't do this in front of the missus. So you, you, you kind of say, you know, she she said, what, what, what did you, you know, what? It's just, sorry, you left the, you know, the organising. Why did you leave? I said, tell you what, I'll tell you why. I, I was really, really hacked off with when I loved my. I had a company car, and it was a Volvo, and it's beautiful. I loved it, loved it to bits. Came to change. I understand it has to go back to the leasing company after a certain time. Uh, we normally would order a new car of our choosing. Uh, after all, we pay an awful lot of BIK tax for yeah, it. And they said, no, 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 because of COVID, we're not doing that anymore. You've got to have a car stuff. Somebody who's unfortunately been made redundant, you've got to have this car. And that really hacked me off. You know, it really hacked me off. 
and uh, ended up on Pete's doorstep. So, <laughs> no. but it's it's like something like that, really. It, it, you know, I know it's a benefit well, lost. Difficult, but you know, I still got a lovely. I still got a, well, in some people's eyes a nice car. It's bloody red. I can't have a red car. You know. <laughs> Pompey fan, aren't I? So, <laughs> can't have a red car. But it's, it's something simple like that, you know, that, 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 that sort of hacked me He'd off. have hated that Fiesta van we had. Yeah, he would have hated, <laughs> he would have hated that Postman yeah. Pat van we had. Yeah. I'll tell you what, the thing spent most of the time in the lay-by, yeah, mate. So, all right, right about it. It went very far, didn't it? <laughs> it went very far. It spent more time in the garage, didn't it? Um, but, yeah, I think, um, it, it, particularly a company car, I, I get what you're saying with the company car, because you... Essentially, you're having to invest personal money anyway. Like yeah, the, the benefit in kind cost is massive on a, on a car. It's series. as much as buying it. Yeah, absolutely, so absolutely. So you'd pick what you wanted if you bought it. I wanted to pick what I wanted. Yeah, not 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 what I was giving me as a hand me down. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, bro. Um, yeah, equipment, equipment. I think, I think, I think, I think it's massive for certain drivers, especially. Mm-hmm. I think some don't care or say they don't care, but I think. Oh, they do. Yeah. If you want the drivers to commit to looking after the vehicle, you need to give them a nice bit of kit. And I think, I think. I think they, I think drivers want it to be well maintained as well, don't yeah. they? They want that. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Well, which, which is, which is a, a whole other thing, isn't it? Right. So we're five and six now. Let's move on to management capability Ooh. or incapability. Not that yeah. I've got a dog in this fight or anything, but <laughs> uh, let's go. Let's go to chief chief transport manager trainer himself uh mr mr vickers tell me a bit more about the importance of management capability yeah sometimes we talk to about driver retention yeah we we talk about the transport management management certificate of professional competence but once occasionally we have the freudian slip and it becomes out as transport (laughs) transport manager certificate of professional incompetence doesn't it so uh you know what makes somebody a very uh, uh compliant manager in terms of their role as described by uh, stat doctory as we we love to, to refer back to doesn't mean to say they're a good manager does it you know just because they can do the job so uh, management capabilities well, yeah where do we go with that one then um, what makes a manager capable uh, you know coming back to that first point about respect and empathy I think they go a long way to it but you know what 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 kind of you guys think what what, what is it that, that makes a good manager we spoke about it previously, I think, before the podcast. Communication. Mm, communication, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it frustrates drivers when they don't know what's going on. And yeah. Then, you know, part of that frustration, that it yeah. all over for, for, for someone wanting to leave then, can't it? You know, yeah. You can see your manager is incompetent, you know. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there's loads of sides of that, I suppose. In- incompetency, because, yeah, they... Uh, we've, there's an age-old argument isn't there, that we've talked about in a previous podcast about driver. You know, does a transport manager need to be a driver? And I think we yeah we come to the conclusion that they probably it's a great skill to have, but it's not maybe the most important one. The most important one is to have a little bit of empathy and a little bit of idea of what goes on um, with, with with people. But um, what would you suggest, MP? How, how do how do we overcome this? Because I've got to be honest, I think. You know, an awful lot of people in the industry probably aren't brilliant managers, if I've got to be honest. No, I don't. Controversial. And, and, and no, and, and do you know, and I'm, I'm quite categorical actually. The, the more I think about it, I was listening to a book the other day and I can't remember which one it was. Uh, so I can't quote it. And normally I tend to quote from a book because that's what I do. Um, but they, they were saying in the book, they were talking about connection empathy and challenge yeah are the three key focuses for great leadership connection empathy and challenge and it's about growing and developing people it's about having connection with them and being able to understand the challenges they face and being able to help and support now those things don't really go hand in hand with the compliance 
No, they mm. don't. It's a, it's, a, it's kind of contrary to yeah. compliance, and I think I think that's that in itself is a challenge. That I think actually a transport manager's role we're so he- we're so heavily focused on complying yeah. with uh, the the regulations and, and and what's involved in in the safe running of a fleet um, that actually that's often contradictory, and I think that's what's resulted in the waspy impersonal, um, you know. You're you're a driver. You're just uh, you know essentially the driver and the vehicle go hand in hand, and essentially a lot of operators just see them as assets. Yeah. And it's essentially just an asset. You are an asset. You. The only reason we've got you is because that vehicle won't fucking move itself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're a resource. You know. Yeah. You're a resource. Yeah. And if that one can't do it, that one can. Yeah, and it's just literally, you know, the, the, the transport manager is only ever really dealing with the driver to talk about infringements or uh, the you need to work this period of time, uh, but, I, you know, I need to be at home for this time. And there's just always conflict. this, yeah, this conflict around uh, around the role and around, uh, around the driver or... It might be that there's lateness or, you know, all of the things that cause challenge and conflict and problems, customer complaints, those kinds of things. And um, essentially the manager the manager needs to be good enough to be able to rise above that yeah. and still deal with a human being. We did speak about it in a previous podcast. Mm. I think it was about what makes a transport office happy. We did speak about it. It could be quite a negative environment. Like yeah, say, it is dri- quite a negative environment. I'm going to speak to my, yeah. my driver because he's done something wrong. Rather than he's done some punishment, well. yeah, wrong, wrong, yeah. wrong all the time. Because they don't yeah. always have time to praise the good, do they? Yeah, no, no. Or, or, or even recognise that yeah. something good's fucking happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you're there, literally there to stop the bad things happening, and the very nature of doing that is addressing the bad things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's 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 it, it, it's it's a difficult balance because they they as you said, Pete, they've got their heads in the compliance stuff. There's a lot to worry about, but you know the thing is, if you get that right, if you get that management right of the drivers. The compliance will follow because they're 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 working for you, not against yeah, you. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, yeah. you don't want them working against you because that's uh, you know that's where that's where the compliance will start falling apart. So that you know, it's an it's an ever sort of decreasing circle, isn't it? But um, it's difficult to say what what you know what makes a good manager. Um, it's it's difficult to sort of contextualise in one one or two sentences, isn't it? But um, yeah, absolutely, I think it's 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 a myriad of of stuff, isn't it? Essentially, yeah. uh, from technical skills to what's a better word for softer skills? I hate the fucking yeah, word, softer, yeah, skills. softer skills. Yeah, yeah just it's just my go-to, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, interpersonal skills. Yeah, right? yeah, interpersonal yeah. skills. How to be a good human being. Yes. Um, <laughs> talking of which, I think that moves yeah. us on to the half dozen thing, which is around culture. So it's very closely related to management capability. Yeah. Um, and, and as part of culture, we can talk about that management capability. Um, you know, how do how do we create? Here's a really open question. Either of you can come in on that. How do we create a great culture in transport operators? I think there's many ways you can do it, and there's many many facets to culture, isn't there? You know, is it a good health and safety culture? Are we a compliant culture? Is it a happy culture? Yeah. Is it you know? Yeah, there's so many, it's a bit like the management, there's so many things that can come into that. Um, but yeah, communication and, uh, and and people knowing the expectations. Um, there's just so many things that come into culture. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and it's like, it, it, are they... Is this company? Are we ingrained with this company? Is it? Is it? Have we got this company's blood flowing through our brain? That's a bit of an old seventies uh, cliche, 
Um, but you know, it is true, isn't it? It is how they develop that culture is really, really important. It's not a quick thing. It's is it? not a quick thing. No, it no. develops over years and years. And, and that you know, you I think as a, as an operator, as a company, um, you've got to look at where your you know your USP is, if you like. And I've mentioned a couple of companies that I've worked for, and you know, family companies. So their USP was very much around. You know, we're not trying to be a, a corporate giant. Who, who can bring with them their own set of culture, which is yeah. can all. I, I, I had a strange thing really. I worked for a big American pharmaceutical company who had an, a very American culture, and that was a. It was great. It was a great place to work. And then I went and worked for a small family firm that had a different culture, but was equally as good. But they were they were opposites, but equally as good, uh, because they played to their strengths. You know, the, there was no way that the giant conglomerate was going to foster this family feel because it couldn't it was a huge organization but they had other strengths so um yeah i suppose you've got to you've got to play to your strengths haven't you i think that's the 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 way yeah absolutely and i think i think one of the things that i could say is very common amongst transport and fleet operators is that the cult the culture isn't really considered or been nurtured Mm. the culture hasn't really been nurtured if if an operator is doing the culture well it's by accident um, and if they're not doing it well, it's probably by accident as well. And actually, just a little bit of forethought. So, whilst you guys have been talking, I did a little bit of a Google because cu- culture is a really tricky thing because it's it's intangible. You can't touch it. It's like a shadow. Mm. You know, you can't you can't touch it. You can't you can feel it, but you can't see it mm. um, unless you look really hard and you see the way people are behaving. But essentially, a really good example of what a culture is is it's the way we do things around here. Yeah, this is how we do stuff, and whether that's the way we interact with each other or it's the way we go about achieving our objectives it's about beliefs values the norms that are shared amongst a group of people uh, and it'll be about the way they treat each other and it'll be about the values. so one of the things that can drive culture in a in a business is about setting really strong goals and values mm. uh, setting objectives having a vision of what what the you know what, what the business does and why it does it and particularly having a why um, mm. you know it's yeah. something that I've spent a lot of time trying to nurture with flagship but essentially you know if um, you know essentially if, if, it, if a driver goes you know what, what, what do you do what do you do for a day job and a driver could go well I get in my truck and I uh, I, I, I deliver I don't know uh, pharmaceuticals mm. you know ref- refrigerated pharmaceuticals to people um, that's one thing if the driver actually goes do you know what I'm part of a really big infrastructure yeah. that enables the medical system to be able to save people's lives yeah that's like far far bigger far yeah. bigger thing um, and essentially that comes from the leadership it's about instilling that um, you know I deliver the products that help build these amazing houses. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I help. I help deliver. You know, I'm part of the infrastructure of the bigger goal of, of whatever it is you're trying to achieve. I think that is far more motivating for yeah. people. Yeah, it's yeah. quite interesting you say that. If you ask drivers about the planning team, even sometimes it's an us on them. Yeah, not a team. Yeah. It's not that culture there that we're doing this together. Yeah, it's a case of it's us and them. They don't know what they're doing or or etc. There's not that culture of teamwork of like you say. This is the bigger picture. We're all here to do the same thing, really. Just because we're the drivers at the end of that, um, the, picture, should, the culture yeah. should be all the way through, shouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's a. It's a bit cliched now, but I can't remember the. I can't remember the American president, but um, uh, there's the story of the American president who was. Uh, 
responsible for putting man on the moon. Well, he was responsible, was he? He was part of the story. But um, he was visiting uh, the, the space centre, I don't know which one it was, and he spoke to the janitor and asked the janitor, what do you do? What's your job around here? And he says, I'm part of a team that's helping put man on the moon. And that's, you know, it's a bit cliched, exactly. isn't it? But it's that, it is true. He had his part to play. He had he, his yeah. part to play, you know. And uh, going back to the pharmacy, funny thing about that American company I work for, uh, we were actually invited to watch an operation. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, what are we doing watching an operation? But it was to make us feel that we were a part of that, you know, the part of the whole thing from, uh, and you know, we we did we genuinely believed that we were we were offering a service, um, even though we were working for a big corporation, which was a, which was a great feeling, and that, you know, you can't put a price on that, can you? No, That's, definitely not. Yeah, I think I think I think um, it, it leads me really nicely on to, to a bit of a conclusion. Actually, talk about the culture because I've been invited to for the next quarter. I'm guest hosting on um, Rebranding Safety podcast, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is one of my friend's podcasts, uh, James McPherson. If people are interested in safety, I really recommend having a listen to James' podcast. He actually uh, he makes our YouTube figures look embarrassing. Uh, he's got something like 4,000 followers when mm. we've, we've, we've not reached 1,000 yet. But um, he's, he's very good at what, what he does, talking about safety. And actually, safety culture, mm. and talking about safety culture, is this thing around what's really happening against what is perceived to be happening. Yeah. And they, they talk about this thing called minding the gap, which is essentially what is the work that's done against the work that's perceived to be done. Um, and, and when you look at that from a safety point of view, because in reality what happens is we're all human beings, uh, the risk assessment says this is what's happening, and in reality, something completely this, different. Yeah, this corner's getting cut and that corner's getting cut. And it's about going actually what is the gap between what i perceive is or should be happening mm. and what is really happening and that's the that's where you know the, the the rubber hits the road for a leader is actually really getting underneath and understanding actually i think this is how our business runs but in reality the 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 the, the planners are uh arguing with the drivers and the deliveries all happening late and it's because we're inefficient here and we're inefficient there and what I think is happening and what actually happening are two different things and I'm really going to get under the bonnet of it and try and work with people to make it better mm. um, and, and deal with those challenges so here we go a bit of food for thought there but yeah a half dozen things to help retain drivers what Absolutely. do you reckon Absolutely I think yeah, that's ter- that. yeah, terrific so uh, hopefully that solved your uh, one of your biggest yeah. headaches <laughs> possibly yeah absolutely that's how you get on yeah we hope, hope you got some value out of that we'd be interested in some feedback see what, see what people think whether you're a driver whether you're a, a transport operator whether you're a transport manager you know drop, drop some comments in see what you think do you agree with our six things or is there something we missed uh, fantastic thank you for joining us I uh, hope you enjoyed it please do share it please do join the community over on facebook the fleet geeks community we'd love to see you there thank you absolutely cheers bye i hope you enjoyed today's episode if you did please share with your friends and colleagues too join us for free on facebook with the fleet geeks community for transport and fleet managers fleet geeks offers ongoing professional development networking and mentoring too so get in touch with me pete rushmer on any social media platform to find out more